Mm-hmm. All right. Everybody's playing. Hey, Jose. Okay. Hey, this is homegrown. He's. What are you playing, Candy Crush? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> His wife's checking up. We're not doing any of that. I'm at work, honey. Staying up to speed, my wife would tell me, get off my phone. Yeah, get off yeah, your yeah, phone. Yeah. It's like, your phone's yeah. my phone. Wow. Oh, I mean, she pays the bill, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> she really does. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for she coming. She knows we're here, too. She knows I'm here. She All knows. right. Well, well you yeah. had to get permission. Did you have to sign a slip or no? No, I share my location. We're we're living in twenty twenty. I don't think yeah. I what? threw any f bombs. Did I? No, no you did good. Today on the first. Well, well you yeah. were saving them for maybe this Jose, episode. Jose drove out here two days in a row. You know so, how it is. I had so much fun I'll the first keep, time. I'll try to keep it clean because I know your kids will be watching. Oh, it's okay. Right. They know the curses. They're just not allowed <laughs> to repeat it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be sitting here and lied to you if I told you we didn't. I tell them all the time, use it in context. All right, please. Let's do a, let's do a countdown. And go right to shoot, it. Go I, could, I could feel the energy two days in a row. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to the next, <laughs> the next derivation <laughs> of the Jersey Alchemist. I'm your host, Dr. John Gerard Gallucci. And I'm Philip D'Angelo. And here again, Jose Sotomayor. Sotomayor. You like that? Wow. Yet, do I have to? I've had people I, ask me to repeat that. Uh, you guys yeah, are not the first. Do I have to drop the <laughs> octaves? Do I have to say, Jose Sotomayor? No, you know, I found it. It's, it's, it's interesting. Whenever I go to the hospital, it seems to be that all the, literally, not, not, no, nothing, no racial stuff intended, okay. but literally the, the Asians and the Filipinos pronounce my name perfectly. Really? Perfectly. Interesting. Well, there's a... I guess it's just an accent thing, you know. Like you said, a Spanish influence. Look at all of the Filipinos have Spanish names. But you know, I'm impressed. I mean, I'm surprised. I remember my 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 when I was graduating with my bachelor's. It was my first degree that I was uh, accepting on on the commencement day, and my mom was like, "I didn't hear them call your name. I didn't take a picture." I'm like, "What? Yeah." Uh, and I said, I know why. The, the guys pronounced it. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. And I knew it was me because you, when you have commencement, they have numbers in alphabetical, the names oh, in alphabetical yeah. order. So I knew the names they were calling. So right. I'm texting my brother like, yeah, I'll make sure you guys take pictures. I'm next. Okay. So like they call Where my name. We missed I'm like, yeah. and I looked at the guy pronouncing my really? name. I'm like, really? Do you know my mom probably didn't know I was coming wow. up here? Oh, wow. So, the, so it's funny because uh, uh, that, a few years later, two years later, I was accepting two master's degrees. Um, don't break those. Okay. No, no, I'm not bragging. I don't really. Uh, uh, I feel like throwing up when I think about the times. But um, I was Your accepting master's the, times too. Yeah. What are they in? I have a master's. Oh, man, tell the I have a master's in bilingual bicultural education, which I, uh, it, which I did because I wanted my ESL and bilingual certification. So I completed that, and um, then I. Just did what almost every other teacher probably would do if they have the time and the resources. I got my principal's license, uh, and oh, in the process of getting my principal's us. license, in the process of doing that, I um. His new tag name. I get, the principal. I no, no, because you know, you no, know, principal. I I don't have very good experience yet as a leader, at least per that I've acquired. And I'm being honest with you guys. I actually I did a six month stint not too far from here in Franklin um, Township. Um, but um, it didn't go as well as I thought it would. Um, I love the kids and the staff I worked with, um, well, but I'll leave it at that. What are the responsibilities of a principal? I mean, think of all the personalities you have to deal with, for not only the students, but the, the teachers as well. I mean, there's a lot of you, people. You know, uh, I'll be honest with you. That was one of the easiest parts of that job for really? me in those six months. The challenge was 
breaking, and I hate to get into this, but breaking the political norms that existed well, in that town, was, in that town well, only. Maybe it's in the educational world. It's, it, really it's, it was unreal, and that's what, what made one of the reasons that I had to step back. It was driving me crazy. Wow. It was driving me crazy. Ooh. I mean, where did the fight Ooh. come from? Was it higher up? Like it was, it was it, no, it, to be honest, it was somewhere between the higher up and, 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 and the administration at the school physically. Um, I thought that there were many... Uh, there were good ideas, uh, but there was n there was no there was no love, true love for what you were doing. And I'm not, and I'm I'm not gonna throw any name out there. But there was there were individuals who did not truly love what they were doing. They were just doing it because they were ready to get out. You know, oh, I I only need two more years, or yeah, I only need to stay. And so and and do they get tenured at that? Um, yes, um, they you, you can get tenure as an administrator. I think it's like four or five years for the most part in one district. Yeah. Um, New Jersey has some weird laws reco uh, regarding that, but you know, to be honest with you, the the individual just it, it was time, and I don't I don't I don't think that person was specifically ready for um, new ideas. Because, because you know, when you're stuck on 30 years of doing something a certain way, um, when you when you get put into a different environment, it's culture shock. Right, right. And when you have a lot of pride, and I'm not describing myself, when you have a lot of pride and you go through culture shock, you don't fare well. You really yeah. don't. Um, I, I, I say that because when you when you go through something new, you have to be willing to learn. Mm. And you have to kind of throw everything out in the past. Absolutely. You know? Um, and, and be ready to learn some new tricks because these young men and women who are coming up today, they're a lot shabbier than you think. Are they dealing with more? Probably. Yeah. Probably dealing with more on a spiritual, intellectual, and mental uh, level. You, when you say young people, you mean students? High school age, teenagers, yeah. oh, eighteen to twenty-five. God. I could only. You know, imagine. even 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 that we can go as low as middle school. Yeah. Sure. You know, because you're seeing that. I mean, you're, you're well, let's seeing. Let's face it. You know, we were so innocent as kids. At least John and I were. Maybe you two as well, Jose. You know, we were so innocent. I mean, there was no... It was a completely different world. There was no cable uh, TV. There was no cell phones. I mean, what... No you social think? media. There no was, that's the key, media. I think. Yeah, there, yeah. Were so, no, there was no social yeah. media. And if you had a problem with a bully or somebody, or it was to your face. Yeah, you and settled. if you liked a girl, you had to pass the note. That's right. You had you, I was one of the last few to have that. Yeah. You know, like, I remember that. It's like, yo, can you pass this to her? Yeah. But she's in the other class. It's just like... You know, yeah, you had actually. <laughs> and we did it. We got it. It was like working. It was like at a jail. You only hear stories like that at jail. Like you, you're in room, you're in B thirteen in the basement, and you have to get the message before lunch all the way to four sixteen, the biology biology lab, where maybe Cynthia was there, and you wanted to talk to her. You just passed a note, and then you have people like. I went with my sister one. <laughs> I went with my intense. sister one time to pick up my niece at a dance. Okay, now when a dance, you know, there's a lot of interaction you're talking if you had enough nerve to talk to it was it was uh, middle school but they were outside all the kids were outside and they're all texting and talking on their phone on their phones like nobody's interacting right i'm like how sad is this <laughs> yeah, i mean right. like, in other words is interacting with someone that's 20 miles away more alluring to you than fucking talking. Oops. Yeah, there's one. <laughs> there's one. <laughs> We're going to get a bell. We're going to bell every time. Right? Is it more alluring than talking to the person that's three feet away from you? But they probably were talking you know, to the person ten feet away. And, maybe, you know, like, maybe, let me maybe. tell you, uh, and I think the issue is that we've allowed young 
children within our family, young children, I like mm-hmm. to say, to believe that it is their personal right, oh. their personal right <laughs> to use the phone when and yeah. ever they want to. Also, yeah. you'll get a lot of kids who say, oh, um, you can't touch my phone. Oh yeah. To their parents. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, right. Oh. I can't touch phone? what? Who I wish that phone hand it over. What, right. what are the rules for phones in schools? Oh my god. I what mean, rules? Uh, there are there no are no rules. Wow. No, honestly, oh there in we are having such a bad problem in inner city public schools with the phones. Yeah. Um we, we we are encouraged as educators, and we also encourage each other to try to use the phone and, and implement it into our into what they sure. do. On, but it's so difficult because what's happening is that there the 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 speed at which people are getting information today is so crazy not and fast. Not necessarily the right right, right information, but it's information, it's information where where. Where maybe you guys for sure probably had to go into a uh, into a library into oh, yeah. a school you know you institutional library, library yeah, at the right. university and study and right. look up and get the little cards and I remember being the last of the few the generation to do that I was wow. born in eighty five oh, but yeah. I remember my first cell phone was in college freshman year in college mm. some people they had cell phones maybe junior year but. Cell phones really started blowing up after 2003. If you think about it, it was like the big time cell phones. I mean, you talk about 2003 Razor. I believe that's when. Remember the Razor? Everybody was like, oh, you got a Razor. I remember um, people had the, the, I had a beeper. And that was because I stole it from my brother, but uh, yeah. I used his number. They didn't know. So now it's their right. They right. can come in with the phone. And yeah, you can't touch it because... Are texting? I mean, oh, they're texting. They're, listen. How about kids that can't wake up in the morning because they've been all freaking yeah. night on the phone in their bed? Well, I, I think that's, I, I think that's a parental issue. It is a parental issue. Um, because I take my daughter's tablets at 9 o'clock at night. Every night they're gone. Yeah. And sometimes they'll go days without using them on purpose. Yeah. Um, and I think that it is our job. You know what? Whatever they do when they get older, they're going to do. They're, 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 I always tell my daughters, you're a victim of your choices, and you'll have them to choose. But while you're under this house, I'm going to teach you something, and I'm going to sometimes force teach you something because this is our house. And as a family, this is what we, how we're going to approach our life. And those conversations in those, in, in those situations are not happening often in, in many households in the inner city, and not because... There aren't good parents. There are amazing parents who, unfortunately, yes, they have to work a lot. My yeah. parent, my mom was one of them. Right. My mom worked in a factory sorting out recycling for 14 years, Oish. working second shift. It was terrible. What, what was big with our generation was we were able, because of the times, we sat down to dinner with our family, father, mother, brothers, and sisters. There was no TV on. There was no cell phones. You were talking to each other. How was your day? You know, and if somebody was, what's wrong with him? You know, my father would say to my mother, <laughs> what's wrong with him? Are you, you know? stupid? Well, yeah, like, what's wrong with <laughs> you? Like, and you know, as a, as a father, yeah. we both know when your kids are off, you know it. Oh, yeah. And now that was it. I mean, I could only imagine if I had a cell phone. What would, there'd be a, a, a meatball for all <laughs> No, I, I, and I, I try to... I tried to remove the cell phone from the table. Um, and I'll be honest with you, there was, growing up, there was no table talk. We didn't even have a table growing mm. up in our house. I'm talking about growing me, my two brothers, and my mom. Mm. No table. It was the floor, a little chair in the corner because we always lived in a studio or we yeah. lived in a, right. in a box. You know, I remember we had to stay for a couple of months at, on top of a funeral home. 
And I'll tell you that that growing up like that allowed me to kind of be resourceful in so many ways. But while the conversations weren't happening on a table, they were happening wherever they were needed to happen. Okay. And I think that's important. Now, as I started that's getting older, I became a parent. Yeah. I wanted that table talk. So I started doing it. Yeah. From the very young age of yeah. one, my daughter began to sit at the table, me, my wife, and my daughter. Right. And then it was me, yeah. my wife, and my two daughters. Then now is not our son. But we'd gather together. And well, it became... The whole and, concept of a table is, think about the Knights of the Round Table. It wasn't a square table. Yeah. It wasn't a rectangle. It was a and, round table. Right. And, 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 and it, was, it was at that point, literally, and, and, and it was at that point that I understood that there was an identity that you needed to form as a family. And, it, and, that, and this is where, you know, you have the identity of a culture. Yeah. And in our schools, we don't have that. People are all over the place. Kids are all over the yeah. place. Kids, are, it's not that they're doing different things, but they are lost. It, it's almost like yeah. they're, all, they're all around and they're like looking for the guide, but they don't know who. Because the only people they see, whether it be on their media, whether it be on, on the TV, on the news, or are people that are lying to them and they're not they're not being honest to them. Oh, that's for sure. And that's the oh, honest Lord. that's the reality. A lot of teachers ask me, How do you get these kids to listen to you? How do you get them to do what what what, what they're supposed to? I said being honest with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Because then you're honest with them, the results are consistent. They become consistent. You can never fail by being honest. Mm. Hey, you think you could do this for me? No, I don't think I can right now. Mm. If that's your honest speak, then you, right, you can't do it right now. Right. You know, and, and we need to be honest with these kids and let them know that and, and, and to stop teaching these, this, this culture of victimization with them. Many of our kids come in and I ask them, so who's responsible? Oh, it's because it's because. The, 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 I was born, you know, black is because I was born with this. And because I, I, look, I get it. We're all, it's a rat race. Life is a rat race. We are all going to start at some point. Some people start ahead of the pack. Some people start in the back. Sure. You guys remember that movie, that comedy movie? Well, I forget the name of the, there was a good set of, of, of actors in that movie. Uh, the rat race with the comedians, with Mr. Bean and no, no, oh my God, catch that no, movie. It's called yeah. rat race. Okay. But in the, in the movie, you see these different individuals from many cultures well, aspects of life some rich some middle class then you have the poor guy the one who bets and loses all his money but they're all racing to get to this one locker which apparently has one million dollars remember it's a mad 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 world yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's along the same line yes yeah, and so our generation and so these kids don't understand that wherever you're born in the in in, in the race the wherever section you're born into you're gonna have to run if you really want it. And as crappy as it sounds, yes, there are things that hold you back and, and things that, f from a cultural perspective, you're going to have to deal with. But you keep complaining about it. You keep on whining about it. There's no change going to happen. I could have right. whined all my life. Right. And, and there's no change. Is, you, you know, you said something. You, you, you took the, uh, the garbage can off of, a, of a, a rat hole. The concept of honesty. Mm -hmm. Right? Honesty, uh, think about how the public has been bullshitted, how we've been lied to, uh, not just on the television, radio, through the music industry, Hollywood, all that yeah. crap, but, and I'm going to tell the viewers that I know this for a fact, that uh, everybody likes to say, oh, the science is settled. No, it's not. And you've heard me say this before. The science isn't settled. I'm going to tell you why it's not settled. Because 
it, it, 100 years ago, was the science settled and everybody thought it was? All banging their canes with their bow ties and their tails and their top hats. <laughs> they thought it was settled, but it was 100 years ago. Okay, 50 years ago. Now you're going to say, oh, the science was settled. No, 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 no. You know what? Science is never going to be settled. Not, not until we reach nirvana. Don't ask me when that's going to be. Maybe the science will be settled then, but between now and then, the science is never going to be settled. And how often are, the, are, are we misled? Oh, oh, oh my God, don't eat eggs. Eggs will put you in a casket. Oh, the cholesterol in eggs. Well, now we're finding out that eggs are almost the, the ultimate perfect food. Mm -hmm. That it's not really an issue of the cholesterol or, oh, it's got to be low fat this or low fat that or low cholesterol this or that. But wait a minute. For me, it's carbs. You want to put me in a grave early? It's carbs. And just how bad is the carb issue? It's worse than you think because everything that's made with plant items that make up the, the world of carbohydrates is fraught with pesticides and glyphosate, which causes cancer. We've been continually lied to to keep us off balance, to keep us not really knowing which, re which way is true north. We have been. So mm -hmm. when you said honesty, honesty is a massive topic. Yeah. And, you know, and you'll get consistency out of, out of the kids in an, in an educational setting if you're honest with them. And it translates right up to the bigger stage, yeah. which is worldwide. If people are dealt with honestly, everybody all of a sudden will coalesce and they'll yeah. be will reach a oneness yeah. that certainly yeah. the world is devoid of for thousands and thousands of years and the elite motherfuckers of the planet yeah. have kept us Shh. off balance and in the dark intentionally yeah I, that's what was my point i was just going to say john yeah we we're, we're wanting honesty so bad we need we're all looking for honest politicians honest leaders no matter where you turn, but they're purposely dishonest. I mean, they're news, intentionally and purposely dishonest. News channels. That's true. News it's channels true. Yeah. dishonest. You know, well, no matter who you listen to. I mean, everybody you, puts their own slant on it. Go yeah. Ahead. No, and, and and I think that that's that's the true case uh, because everybody wants acceptance, and the sad part is that people are willing to lie for acceptance, mm. and that and and, and and at, at you know, what's how, what's the 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 old adage or the old expression of the rooster the rooster comes home to roost yeah Roosters when are the chickens home come home to roost yeah like yeah. It, it's oh, gonna yeah. happen so yeah. they, those things are gonna catch up with you i mean right. i'm not telling you guys or or the our audience that out of you know just oh he doesn't know what he's talking about i've been there i i've i've burned myself with lies um and 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 I'm not speaking to you from, you know, not, no experience. I'm speaking to you because as a father, as a husband, as a, as a, as a teacher, as an educator, and as a, as a friend, I've been there where I've hurt people with lies. And I've done my share of, you know, I think most of us can go back and, and recall something. But um, I think that my life has turned around since I've decided to be more honest and straightforward with the individuals I meet on a daily basis. And that means whether they like me or not. You know, look, look at yeah. look at honesty in the media. I mean, now we're going, oh, through, but we're whoa. going through this January sixth committee. Oh, and there's Phil. a special witness uh, yeah. who testified that you know the ex president, President forty five, did this, did that. Now you hear <laughs> from the media that there's 
Secret Service agents that are gonna that will testify under oath Against that, that that's not even true. Yeah. So what game is being played? Or the or the note she wrote. <laughs> or the note she wrote. She apparently she wrote a note. The person who wrote the note has come out and said she didn't write the note. She lied because I wrote the note. It's the Amber Heard story of politics. Yeah, you know, it really is. I stay this away is from in, that. This is, this is in Washington. <laughs> our, our capital, our nation's capital, with our supposed leaders, some of our leaders up there, and, and trying to grill somebody and tell a story that, what is going on? Yeah. I mean... They, only, they don't even want to hear the other side of the story. The other side of the story has never been presented yeah. in this committee hearing. It's only one version of what's going and on, that's and you're not allowed to rebut. It's a Democratic shit show fucking kangaroo you know. court, specifically produced by evil to co-op the world. Yeah. To co-op the goddamn planet. And you know something? People aren't going to buy it. The truth will come out. The truth will come out, and they will all stand with their thumbs up their asses. I, I stopped. I stopped buying their product mm. about two thousand and four, two or late two thousand fourteen. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in a democratic stronghold. I mean, I grew up in a house where, if you weren't Democrat, you were crazy, like because you couldn't relate to Democrat um, Republicans and all that. Yeah, that but even it was. But th even I mean, I'm only 37, so you would think that the 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 individuals who've been in power since the early 90s, you know, the Bush, the last Bush, Clinton, all those people, they're all, for the most part, we've had Democratic presidents run, and if not the family, we call them the family. You know, the group of of of. I don't want to say the name, but that era, that's, I never paid attention to politics, you know, I never paid attention. I was always uh, about trying to survive. Now, had I known what I know today, everybody can use that line, everybody loves that line, I would have definitely switched my mindset so much earlier because I, as you guys have uh, has told me, uh, you know, and many have told me I'm an old soul, I, I, I learn from what I see. And growing up in, uh, in democratic cities throughout the East Coast in Puerto Rico, because Puerto Rico is completely democratic. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're they're uh, they're uh, they're have a high percentage of 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 well, I call it the welfare state. They don't put they don't produce a lot of taxes. They don't have a big tax base, and that's why they're going through what they're going through. But it's democratic. I lived in New York City. I lived in um, in Willoughby Projects in Brooklyn for about eight years. My father's from the um, the the Kings Plaza area. My wife is from the Bronx. I grew up, for the most part, in Jersey City, lived in Newark. I'm naming all these inner cities, yeah. and that's just a few. But all these cities where people, what I began to understand was always run by Democrats. And it's not that they don't have good ideas. I think that the, the old school, like you mentioned, had some really wonderful ideas, and I don't uh, disagree with them, but th the reality is that um, in the last... 30 years, I, I've not seen any change in so my community. What can, how can people wake up to that? Because it just happens again and again and I, again. The same people get elected, whether they're Republican or Democrat, doesn't matter. Nothing changes. Nothing I think people changes. are afraid of, of, of being uncomfortable. People are so, like, I'm going to tell you a story about my brother, and I love him to death. Uh, my brother has had a tough time holding a job his whole life. Um, he does get some assistance for the government. He does 
struggle with some um, mental health issues, but for the most part, he's very efficient, works hard, a bull of an animal, does construction, things like that. Um, but he loves doing that at home. And, so, and I told that I said, listen, you know what's holding you back, and that's your you're so used to receiving that check at the end of the month mm. that you're afraid what would happen if I step out and do this on my own. Yeah, but then deal. I tell him, I said, how long have you been in this service? He goes, 10 years I've been taking this. And I said, what do you have to show for it? The government will give you money and maintain you, but they will never allow you to succeed. No, they don't no, want you no. to. That's why I truly believe in capitalism because capitalism is beautiful when done correctly. When done, yeah. when done correctly. When done correctly. Yeah, a, you're right. You get what yeah. I'm saying? No, and I know no, both no. ask because people are like, well, you don't know cap. I, I know, but the concept is beautiful. Yeah. It's better than communism, socialism. You know, but I think the issue here is that we're not, again, we're not being honest with our kids. We're not teaching them to be honest yeah. because we're not doing it ourselves. I mean, and I don't speak for everybody. I'm just speaking as, as a, a generalizing one specific situation yeah. that can be fixed. Um, this is not to judge well, what's any the, teacher. What's the root of the inability for people to kind of come clean and be honest? Is, is it because we find ourselves in a cancel culture and God forbid you, you, you fess up and you, 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 you unfold to people and all of a sudden yeah. they're not comfortable with you and they punish you by, by canceling you or at least making you feel uncomfortable like they're going to cancel Look, you. I, all of a sudden you're, you're back into your show. At this point... In, in, in our life, in this in this moment in time we're living in, and this is my personal opinion, um, the fact that if if you are not being honest with yourself or the kids or the people or the people you're servicing, whether it be patients, whether it be the the clients who come into your business, or 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 the service you're providing to an individual, individual, in my case, the service I provide to the students, it's for one or two reasons. One, you really don't give a shit, or two you're connected economically or financially to it. There's no other way about it. Yeah. Now, yeah. you can be con financially, economically connected to it and not like it for what it is, mm. but that's because the system has put you into debt and then you're forced to work in that area. You can't move. You can't yeah, do nothing right. because you're, you're locked down to that. Yeah, yeah. You know? The people who understand this will free themselves financially, sure. at least have no debt so that they can move. Right? Right? Yeah. And then they start to understand, okay, I know how the game is played. And well, sadly, that's what's going on. You should be a free thinker. And they don't want free thinkers. They don't. Not they even want in the classroom. Everybody yeah, under there's that concept of free thinking again. And they, will, forbid. and they won't tell you that directly. No. They won't no tell you that. That's an honest conversation. They will not tell you that directly because in the end, it's about numbers. It's about funding. It's about it's about how many people can I have on our seat. Do you know what they told us recently? Any senior who has 30 absences for the year or less, but passed your class with a D or C, pass them. Or, or if they can pass, help them pass. Wink. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you know what the state um, allows for absences for the year, whether it be excused or non-excused? No. 18 absences. Oh, wow. So now you're asking me as an educator, I spent 180 days working with these students. Some of these students didn't do absolutely nothing. Not because they couldn't, because of sheer laziness and I'm interested in other things. Yeah. But I had to pass them. Mm. Why? Because if they lose the numbers, they lose the funding. Yeah. Right. 
See, but you got to be willing as an administrator to get rid of it. Mm. You got to get rid of that type of energy. I don't know. If you know? And that's that, difficult because they tell you, you cannot discriminate. But let me tell you, mm. I've been in schools, seventh grade, eighth grade, teaching with kids with ankle bracelets. Mm. This is not their first rodeo. Wow. Okay. My question has always been, at what point does it become the responsibility of the parent and not the state? Yeah. Well, but the state wants a But they want it because, again, uh, it's a revolving Hillary, system. I'm going to point to Hillary Clinton. I, now I feel nauseated. You know, that book, and I oh, never read that book. I have no intention. It takes a village to raise a child. It does? No. That, that is so. the shoot. That's the funnel. That's the hopper to the... To the uh, a communazi world and the new world order. You, you're saying that people are kind of stuck in this circle jerk. Mm -hmm. where they can't get out and, and they have to pass them through otherwise they'll lose the funding. That's serving everybody except the kids themselves. There you go. It's serving the agenda to keep that population down. Absolutely. Right? I mean, think of what you're doing to that kid. You're not helping them whatsoever you're actually hurting them because you're going to put them in a situation the next year that guess what they're going to be deeper in trouble they're actually going to struggle even more and what's going to happen when a kid struggles he's no, yeah. now no, he's going to yeah. forget it i'm not going to do it i'm not going to go i'm not going to do the work and it's just going to cycle down from there right you know and it's uh, you, any administrator any teacher now is really up against it i'll tell you what any honest one that wants to really help children. I don't know how many teachers are really there to help kids nowadays. I mean, are they just there for a paycheck? I, I was referencing a book that one of my good, uh, my wife's sister's husband re um, recommended to me back when I first met him in 2009, 2010. And he, he said, read this book. Um, I believe the, the author Charlotte something. It's called The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America. And right now on Amazon, I believe it's like $300. I just looked it up. That's because they don't want you to, they they don't don't want want to read, read it. it. Right. Wow. You know, um, and I tell people, read that book. You'll see what this person was talking about then that is happening now. And I hate to say that, to criticize my, my profession this way, because a lot of people say, well, you shouldn't be teaching politics in school. You shouldn't be talking about these things in school. I don't, I don't know why we've made it so risque and so wrong to talk politics. I think the fact that w the reason we're in the, the situation we're in is because in, not enough people understand the political game. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what they've made it. It, it was never supposed well, how, to be a game. But how, do you, but how do you tell a bunch of grade school, grammar school, middle school kids that politics is just a veil? for filth and disgust the same way you tell them that a girl can be a boy and a boy can be a girl they indoctrinate it okay now yeah the thing is who gets to them first who gets to them first now there are some there are some really amazing teachers out there mm. i do not criticize the effort and the work that these educators and these leaders are doing because let me tell you some of them they're going against their heart but that's something they got to deal with from a from a from a from an intellectual perspective, from 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 a dignifying perspective, they have to deal with that. I always say that yeah. you're gonna have to live with yourself, you know. And I, I'm not because I'm gonna do what I believe in my heart. 
I would want someone to do for my kids. That's how I approach education. Because I have kids, and if my kids are in front of someone, I want them to be me. Someone like me. Or someone who has similar ideas, uh, similar thoughts. Or has a passion for the actual child. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the problem. The adults are making the decision. And from the top administrator or whatever board, board of educations are up there, they're making it based, like what you said, on funding, on numbers. Will I keep my job? But what are and we the producing? Last person, and the last person on the list is the actual child. Well, you're producing, what are we producing? You're producing incapable, dependent people. Yeah, weak here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it is. A lot of our, a lot of the, a lot of the successes in our lives are sometimes don't happen because of the obstruction here. Yeah. Right. You know, it's right. the obstruction right. here. How can I get that through the barrier that is my mind? You know, yeah. and and that that's part of where the idea of of trusting who you're getting your information, the consistency of the information that you're getting. You know, I, people always ask me, how do you know someone's telling the truth? I said, well, look at the results. Look at the results of their words and their actions. Right. And that in there lies the truth. All right. Um, and I began to wake up from all this back in 2015 because um, I was going through some stuff with my wife. Um, and I, I just, I, I was tired. I was just like, yo, it's always the same. There's no, you know, there's no... There's no change. There's nothing different about my days and the days that I'm walking around and looking at things. Mm-hmm. It just seems monotonous and just <laughs> welcome flat. to the world. I mean, come on. So I, 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 I happened to turn to on the. the I, and I remember my brother who who only finished high school. My brother always, this guy Tom McCain is a traitor. Blah 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 blah. And, all, and I'm like, what the hell is my brother talking about? My brother's like. He's everything you would describe as a Democrat. I mean, he loves his, his government funding, blah, 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 blah. But I always saw him vote against par- the party, against the Democrats who were the party, who were giving them the services. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on here? What does he know that I don't know? Instead of me going, are you crazy? And following the mainstream, and I said, what is This is before you swallowed the red pill? Yep. <laughs> in two- you said that. Yep. And then in 2016, I'm walking into the booth and... I literally stand there and I go, God, um, I don't know what I'm doing right now. Mm. I never have when I step into these things. But I'm about to vote for Donald Trump. Mm. Because I've never, never felt so interested and sure about someone. Now. A non-politician. Non-politician. Right. And I said, you know what? When, before he made these words on national, I go, what do you have to lose? Yeah. I always tell the the people on the street who are living in the situation that I grew up in, I look at them without telling them, and they don't know my situation. Some people that I talk to think that I'm well off and that, oh my God, you're so learned and you're so, you know, educated. I had it easy. I'm like, do you guys know that to get the little things that I have right now, I had to almost work five times harder? Not because... I had to work five times harder because you were born with a spoon in your mouth. I could care less. Honestly, that's the last thing. But I had to work five times harder because I was in the back of the pack, whether I liked it or not. And my mom was always honest with me. And my mom always kept it real. If there was going to be a struggle, she'd say. What do you think you were in the back of the pack? Um, because for a long time, I, things were materialistic to me. Um, I think I said most children are, you know, it, it's not until you, they start connecting and they need that. And, and sometimes you need that guidance to connect you. Um, and 
growing up without my dad, the first 14, 13 years of my life, 13, 14 years of my life was difficult because I didn't have the insight of a man. Yeah. And most men that came by my life, I didn't, yeah. I didn't relate to. No there was connection. no connection. There was, my mom barely had any boyfriends. I don't know why she should have, you know. Um, but now I understand why as she tells me the stories. But I didn't have that guidance. In, in, when I was 14, I met a, a gentleman by the name of um, Patrick Sanford, Herman Sanford. He became my coach, my baseball coach for the first time in the AAU team, the Jersey City Vipers. And he became my dad, my, 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 my dad in God, you know, and I accepted that, you know, because I stole from him. I stole money from him. Mm. I lied to him and he caught me through all of it. Mm. But, and I didn't steal from him because I wanted to hurt him. I just didn't know. I, I wanted a reaction. Because yeah, you know, that's you, interesting. I wanted a reaction. I wanted that's, someone to yeah. scold me and teach me something about something. Discipline you know what I mean? Is love. And so is love. it was easy to go and do whatever I want, you know. But I didn't want to. I wanted to learn, and I wanted to get someone to teach me the ropes. Because my mom did a wonderful job. But I'm sorry, there's there's just things that you can only learn from your mom, and things you can only learn from your dad. Yeah, I'm yeah, truly believing in that, you know. Um, but I've always said, Jose, the struggle is a gift. Absolutely. And until you've been in the struggle and you've come out of that struggle, me and John have discussed yeah. this on prior podcasts. Until you've been in there you, and you survived it, you definitely come out better than when you went in. Yeah. The struggle is a gift, and you've had a struggle since the very beginning. Yeah, and, and that's and, okay. And, and I don't. And again, I don't like to brag about that because I would never want anybody. Yeah, there's a reason why I am with the way I am with my kids is because right. you know what, they don't have to struggle like I did. But they can have the same lessons now in other ways. But I have to find a way to teach them those things because they're not going to experience them. You know, some people are like, well, I survived it. It's okay. Just because you survived it doesn't mean your kids will be ready to survive it. You know what I mean? Well, you know what strikes me about you? Sorry, I'm not close enough to the microphone. No, you're good. The thing that amazes me about you, Jose, is that uh, the environment you grew up in, is has been duplicated all over the United States. Oh yeah. It's LA, it's Chicago, it's Detroit, it's New York, it's Trenton, New Jersey, it's it's all through, you know, the southeast, the southwest. Yeah. But so many people, I think, are not free thinkers. And they're they're just in that that pool, so to speak, bopping around like a cork in a pool. And unless you become a free thinker and see what what a trap it can be, mm. right? I mean, when's the last time you've driven, actually driven through either Chicago or Detroit? I've never been. Okay. I would say don't. Mm. In spite of what uh, Mayor... Um, Lori Lightfoot. Lightfoot would say, my God. Beetlejuice, we call it. I, I know. <laughs> I know, but... I, 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 you know, I, I flew up to that area to interview years ago for my pediatric surgical spot and had to rent a car, and I got so lost. This was way before GPS, and I got lost in Detroit, and I was saying to Hail Mary because I, it, it looked like, if you've ever seen the beginning of the movie Terminator, mm. where it's not With all the old clothes factories it's, and it's, things? No, it's, it's rubble, it's piles of, of, of uh, concrete and cinder blocks and like a broken window. It. It's like a bomb hit it, and there's smoke and there's fires over here and i was like holy smokes 
And I just don't understand if these cities that are so decimated are being controlled by the same people with the same mentality year in and year out, decade in and decade out for 75, 80, 100 years, 120 years. Why do we keep voting for How them? is it that people can't understand? Get, get out of that pot, people. Get out of that pot and crawl across the floor to another place, to another mm -hmm. pot, or change the pot you're in. Yeah. Change the leaders because the leaders are not going to help yeah. you. You are in a lose-lose situation, but you don't yeah. seem to understand it, which is where the free thinking comes yeah. in. It just does, yeah. and it's very, and it, it's so disturbing. It's the ingestation of lies. They, they ingest these lies that they're told every single day. You know, um, you know, growing up, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of my reasons to play sports is because that's what I was told I could be good at. Mm. You know, um, little did they know that I wanted to be a pilot. You know, I wanted to fix engines or fly one. You know, that was literally, it's to this day, my dream. Um, and I was, I remember applying to Dowd College of Aeronautics in Long Island. And I got, I got accepted. It became an issue with financing. I couldn't go because I just didn't have the family oh, to finance Jesus. it. You know what I mean? And so I, I stepped back and I said, you know, then just stay close to home. You know, again, I chose William Patterson for baseball. and I, But academically, I didn't want to go there. I wanted to go to Dodd College, wow. you know, and I was going to play ball there. I was going to do everything, but I couldn't get the money to get out of there safely. Now, again, had I known that I was, I was going to work this hard to get where I got to today, I think I would have done it anyway. Right. But I didn't know that. I didn't have that self-confidence in me. I didn't have that person to boost me at that point and go, just take a chance, wow. you know, because you got to invest in yourself to make yourself, you know. Um, and... Me not allowing myself to ingest the lies, you know, uh, of the culture I was living and growing up in. You know, I always believed there was better. Right. You know, and they they talk about the American dream. They talk this is concept of the American dream, and they'll tell you, oh, what the white patriarchal male, you know, um, dream. I'm like, no, it's my dream. Right. You know, I want to own a house. Mm. I want to have a family. I didn't have one growing up. I was free of the, free you of the fucking central. You know it. But ass. most importantly, I wanted a family. Yeah. See, many of our kids, they don't even know what that is right now. Right. And I'm not talking about that it needs to be a mom and a dad. That's ideally you would want that, yeah, right? Yeah, we yeah. all want oh, that. But, oh, but family is anybody. I think most of us right. most of us could say that that's my up. brother. You know, yeah, we right. grew up together even though they're just friends. Right. But I understand that that's family too. When, right. I, when, when, when I talk about the concept of family, it's the concept of a group of individuals who solely care about themselves in such unique ways um, that, and that they help each other to build each other, to, to strengthen each other's goals and, 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 and dreams. Um, we've been accustomed the last few decades to a culture of comp competition, and it ain't internal. You're competing against external forces. Sometimes these forces have more money than you, yeah. and their mission is different from yours. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Their mission is to make and drain you, make money off you, drain you, and throw you to the side, to and then the next problem. birth. Yeah. Yeah. You get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so they don't want that concept of, of unity together. Um, a, a few days ago, I, I, I was listening to one of you guys' podcasts, and you mentioned Malcolm X. 
I recently taught Malcolm X at school, I think oh, wow. last month. I teach Malcolm X during Black History Month all the time, even though I think black history should be relegated through all year because without black history, there's no American history. And I tell people that all the time. The fact that they hone it down to one month says a lot, you know, because there's black, Latino achievements all across the board throughout history that have led to the creation of this amazing country and well, those this is a big melting pot and again yeah you know it's what are we being taught what are they telling our kids what are they telling us you know and if we don't put up our big people pants and it's very hard being uncomfortable oh. you know the other day I'm walking, I'm driving out, I'm using my brother's car, my brother got the Trump flag flying up, you know, you know, and I'm not usually, I, I, I don't know if you notice, I use, yeah, he, I'm dri I drive around Jersey City with my brother's car and with a Trump flag. At first I started getting like, you know, I had a guy go, you know, curse me out, do all these things, right? And I go, God loves you too. I said, but look around you, tell me, tell me I'm wrong. And he just kept going with his guy, he was like, you know, put his right. head down. And then I got a guy walking out. I'm driving out the driveway in school. He goes, dude, you got guts. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, you drive around with that? I said, like, yeah, what's wrong with it? Mm. Well, you know, they don't say nothing. I said, what are you going to say? I'm free. Yeah. So what are you going to say? Mm. I said, what are you going to say? I'm, uh, I said, listen, I told him, be courageous, right? Be valiant because courage is contagious. Oh, yeah. And I think that the small, the, the majority right now, yeah, the majority right now is afraid to speak, and that's why I appreciate guys like you guys who who, who actually fluently speak honest truth based on your own personal experience and sharing that with the world, and that's important because um, we've forgotten we've forgotten the old um, tale of you know experience and and listening to the old grandpa or older story they it, oh that's boring that's not no but there are lessons to be learned yeah, absolutely. you know there are lessons to be learned and if we're honest with our kids from day one if we if we're honest with our students in front of us if, if you weren't honest with your med students who were coming day in day out with you yeah. what, what would what would what would happen well, you know and we can't allow money sadly we can't allow money to become the reason um that we become liars and right. and right. and dishonest Spot individuals, on, yeah. you know. Spot on. What a great way to end the podcast, John. If you had to alchemize this podcast, well, I uh, love this podcast. No, this, this is, is this is a, a great conversation, and and although there's nothing per se dark about it, um, we touched upon one of my favorite topics, which is honesty and free thinking. And I would say, dear Lord. Please, shed the light upon the masses, Lord. Shed your light. Allow people who are not free thinkers to open their eyes and become free thinkers. Open their ears, become free listeners and free thinkers. And let honesty ring true. And this way, we will gently nudge humanity closer to God's river of love and light, as opposed to the darkness that surrounds us now. Amen. Amen. What a great job. Thank you, gentlemen, again. You bet. Listen, it's always a pleasure. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Okay. Hope you come back soon. Absolutely. And soon. I'll be listening out and enjoying and, and, and commenting on those amazing stories you guys share. And, you know, I look forward to seeing you guys 
get bigger, bigger audiences because they deserve to hear people well, like you guys. Well, so honestly, thank you so much, brother. It's been an I appreciate honor, it. It's been an well, honor, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> That's that pitcher's hand. Wow. Thirty-something-year-old grip. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching us on you the Jersey it. Alchemist. If you like what we're doing? Press like and follow and subscribe and share. Share. And share. Till next time. Peace. Later. <laughs> now what do I do? Get that on.